Okay, I want to go to 1 Peter chapter 1, and honestly, was just found this one just right before I got here this morning. Um, the heart of it is going to be more in, in 2 Samuel, but I wanted to read this in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 14. That's where we'll start. Because I want to talk about this morning um, too many times in our life, um, and throughout the whole Bible, you see the differences between being obedient and being disobedient. And the simplest forms of obedience to the greatest forms of disobedience. So all those together, we're going to look at a little bit of it. I might even carry this over into next week because I have a different um, spot I want to look at next week. And a lot of it, if you look at your Bible, too many times, you know, God tells us that we're supposed to do what he tells us to do, right? And do the things that God's called us to do and just be some of the biggest whoopings. And I can speak for myself. I know every one of us is, is when I've been disobedient and not listen to what God says. So let's go to 1 Peter in chapter 1 and verse 14. It says, as obedient. Well, let's just back up one verse. Let's go to 13. Wherefore, gird up thy loins. Of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is, uh, that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children. Not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he hath called you, is holy. So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. So what God's saying is like, look, be obedient children. And God, Randall, God tells you that you're just supposed to go help this person, you better go help that person. If God says you're supposed to come sing a song, Randall, I know you'd be very unwilling, just like myself, to sing a song, but I'm just saying this is what God is saying. You are holy. I've made you holy you got to do what I want you to do whether you like it or not, right? right. Hey, and so <laughs> Randall's laughing because I just use you as an example, Randall, because I feel like I'm the same one. Oh, being obedient is what we're supposed to be. God says you are holy. First of all, I am holy, and if I live in your life, you're supposed to be holy and do what God wants you to do. Amen. Gird up your loins of your mind, be sober, hope for the end, for the grace that is to be brought unto you the revelation of Jesus as being obedient children, not fastening yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, the things that you used to do, but as he hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. In verse 16, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And I can go on and read this, but the, more, the message this morning is about understanding the promises of being obedient and understanding the promises of being disobedient. Amen. And that's where we make mistakes. So let's go look at a mistake, and i got several of them, but I'm going to go to this one. It's 1 Samuel chapter 6. And we, like I said, we, when we look at our Bible, 
and we read the Old Testament, we read the New Testament, when we look at all these things and we look in the Bible, we see where people made mistakes and people messed up. Sometimes because of their own, as First Peter said, your own former lust and ignorance. Or sometimes because you just forget. Or sometimes you just, you know to do good and you don't do it. Right? But some, too many times we find ourselves, and I'm going to say this, we find ourselves, just for example, going through the motions in a rut, coming to church, thinking we just come to church and this is what we're supposed to do. But let me tell you something. This house is God's house. Is Right? If it's God's house, this is God's. And it's supposed to be His. And we're supposed to reverence all the things that God wants us to do. We come behind this sacred, sacred desk. And if we don't are not obedient to the sacredness of God and how great He really is, and we come up here and we do things that we're not supposed to or say things, maybe out of lack of not studying or whatever it may be, we're not prepared like God wants us to be. And every one of us, if we come up here and sing a song and we've not practiced it and we've not worked on it, are we being obedient to the Holy Spirit? If we come to church and we're not, like Caleb said, where our hearts are not prepped and prepared to receive God's Word, or if we come in here too many times, we come in here to church and we're afraid of, well, not afraid, but we, we bring things in here that we are worried about more than coming in here and worshiping God, Right? And so we bring, April said it this morning, me and her was talking about it on the way here, about being God being omnipresent and all-knowing, all, always there, ever-present in our life, no matter if we're in the lowest of lows or the highs, but God's there. And too many times, we become, I say, I'm trying to think of the right word, complacent. Um, it becomes very familiar. It comes to the point where, you know, it's just like, I just for example, we come in here to this church and we see it because we see it every Sunday, every Wednesday, Sunday nights, Mondays. We kind of get to like, it's, it's, yes, this is just what we do, but we kind of get to the point where it's just not excited. I guess you put it, put it like that way. So we get familiar and complacent with it. I had a, I had a, I had a, uh, uh, so another church come and look at this organ this past week and they come in oohing and on of how beautiful this church was and that's how we get somebody too many times and so we're going to learn how when we get familiar and we get on the same rut and we get on the same do the same things that we kind of forget the, the almighty power of almighty God and then we kind of get complacent like you said Robbie and do things that maybe not we're not supposed to do, and we find out how we make mistakes and mess up. And so let's go read here in 2 Samuel of a issue that was about to take place, and because they got very complacent, what happened? Okay, so chapter 6 of 2 Samuel. I apologize, I was wrong, it's 2 Samuel. Told you wrong. Second Samuel chapter six, and I apologize. And 
don't hark on how I say some of these words because I, sometimes I can't pronounce too, too many of them. They're kind of hard. <laughs> and it says, and everybody found their place, Second, Second Samuel chapter 6, it says, And again David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000, and David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Bala of, Judea, of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadad that was in Gibeah, I might be saying that wrong. And us, you, uh, I, could, I could pronounce this word last night when I was studying this again. Uzzah and Ohio, the sons of Abinadad, drave the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadad, which was at Gabeish, accompanying the ark of God. And Ohio went before the ark, and David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord of all manner of instruments and made of fir wood, even the harps and the psalteries and the timbrels and the cornets and all the cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand of the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And listen to verse 7. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. And he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. And David, listen, this is what. And David was, and Caleb talked about it, and Butch even said it, was afraid of the Lord that day. And said, how shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark from the Lord unto him into the city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. So let's stop there for just a minute. First and foremost, who made, or I won't say made, who told Moses and them how to build the ark? God did. He told them exactly down to every detail of what to make it of, how to make it, how it should be constructed, the amount of gold. All, I mean, God went into great detail into telling Moses exactly how this ark should be made and how all the things about it should be. And so God said, this is how it's supposed to be exactly and great. And if you go study Exodus, detail of what God told. And then God also told him in great detail who's supposed to carry it, how they're supposed to carry it, how they're supposed to move it, and not to touch it. Every detail. 
I mean down to, it, it, he told them exactly how much gold to make it of and what it was for and all the things. And how many times in our life has God told us certain things to do in, in, in exact detail of how we're supposed to have church, how we're supposed to go to church, all these different things. But he says that you're supposed to do it this way, Marty, and not this way, and don't go away from this way God said to go. But too many times over amount of time in our life that we kind of get away from what God said to do. Right? Every one of us has done this. We've come to church in the, in the frame of mind that, we're, we're, well, I've got to go to church today. That's what I'm going to church for. And just like Caleb said, we, we, we're not coming to God's house ready to worship the Lord. Well, this is what had happened. Over the amount of time, David was trying to get the Ark of the Covenant back to, his, to, to Israel, to his house. And through the, the, what was the word you used, Robbie? Through the, the getting complacent in their life, being around the ark. Now, if you under, if you'll go back and read it, the ark was taken away from Israel, and the Philistines had it at this time. But then David wanted to get it back to where it, to where it should be. But there was a certain directions and certain things that God says, well, look, you've got to do it and you've got to be, number one, it had to be by the, help me with these words, Coathites. Is that right? How you say that? Anyway, that was the sons of Coath, that was the sons of Levi. They were the ones who were the, was in charge of moving the ark. They had, the Coathites was the only one that was gotten, and you go back and you think it's in Numbers, how in Numbers 4, I think it was, he says, This is how you're supposed to do it. This is who does it. And every group of the Levites and all these different sons, this is how you towed it. And they put the, the sticks through the ark and they had to take it exactly away. Well, what did happen? Just took place here. Did they do it the way God told them to do it? They put it on a what kind of cart? A new cart. Probably kind of like we do in this day and time. We think about, well, well, it's probably going to be a lot faster. It's probably going to be a lot easier. Ain't that how we do in life? We think, well, we want to work smarter, not harder. Ain't that how we think in our life? Let's, let's do Random, I'm going to use this example. We was toting this um, organ out yesterday, and Randall brought some, some, some rollers. And them rollers made it so much easier. We took that thing and we could just roll it all the way out this door instead of the hard way was to pick it up and tote it. And too many times that's what we think in our life. But that ain't what, you know, I'm not I'm just saying that was an example. But when God says, I don't care how easy it is or how hard it is, this is the way you're supposed to do this. And so when they picked up the ark, they had to stick it on the shoulders. Okay, that's how they had to tote it. Not on a cart. So they already messing up, right? Okay, and then they tried to take it out. They was not doing it the right way. Everything that they was going about doing it, yes, they had a good intentions because they wanted to get it back to the rightful owner. But good intentions and not God's way is going to get you in trouble. So we got to understand that. We got to know. We'll say, well, too many times we study God's word, but we only want to read half of it. 
I'm just going to read the New Testament. We think about the New Testament. Yeah, I'm under the New Testament. I'm under grace. I don't have to read the Old Testament. But that ain't what God says. It's all God's Word. Okay? And God's Word tells us how to do it in the New Testament. Jesse was teaching a couple weeks ago on tithes, and he brought it out. The greatest I've ever heard, Jesse. I'm just going to tell it like it is. He'd done a lot of work, and he went out and talked about tithes and how too many times a day now, the, the, the new churches, and this is how they say, well, you're not under. You don't have to pay your tithes now because you're under grace. And he brought it out how we went through. Well, you're right, but he brought it out to the point to understand that you are under grace. But the law has not changed, and, God, and God's word has not changed, and God has not changed. And that's where we mess up at, and that's where they was messing. So, number one, it was supposed to be the Kohathites was the only ones to tote the ark. Don't do any other way, and you put it upon their shoulders. It, it had, they like, they put two sticks, and then it had to be a certain, I mean, it went down to even how they covered the ark, how they toted the ark, and how it was moved, and every time they moved, and you know that they went through the, the wilderness for 40 years, they kind of figured out how to, to do that, right? It probably got easier, every time they went through it, it probably got easier and easier and easier, and too many times we do that in our life that we think, well, we get to this point in our life, well, I can move this in this way a lot easier. And it's quicker. Work, work smarter, not harder. Let's put it on this cart and let's just see how this thing goes. Well, what happened here? It wasn't Uzziah. Am I saying that right? Uzziah? Okay, just making sure because I, I, I... Anyway, Uzziah was... They was picked up the ark and they was toting the ark. Number one, they put it on a new cart. So they was like, you know, okay, well, I'm going to put it on this. And this was being pulled by oxen. And that ain't what the way God said to do it. And it, they come to the threshing floor of the house. And they got to the, there in the threshing floor and it, and it started rocking. And out of, we would think, out of good intentions, I don't want the ark of God to fall. I'm going to touch it and hold it so it don't fall. And God got angry because they wasn't, that ain't what he said. He says, don't you touch. In Exodus, in Numbers, and they, I was studying all this and I could read it out, but I want to get through all this. They was doing this and that is not what God said. He says, he told them, he warned them. He says, don't touch it or you're going to die. And good intentions, he touched it because he thought it was going to fall. He thought it was going to fall. And I think about it, and I was like, man, that's, that's pretty hardcore, ain't it? I mean, the boy had good intentions. Hey, man, can I say yes. He said, don't touch it, right? What did he say about the Don't touch my anointing. That's right. I read that like... Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm thinking about how we get so complacent, so familiar, so going through the motions of just coming to church, coming to the altar, singing songs, standing behind God's sacred desk, all these different things in our life, and we've got to understand and know that God is very serious. Yes, 
Caleb read how his mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. But I'm going to tell you something. When God says you're supposed to go this direction and you decided it because it's quicker to go this direction, you're going to mess up. Uzziah said, he, he, I mean, he got so familiar probably because they've been, you know, it's been there and it's been in his house and they've been looking after it and it's been there and he was trying to take it back. But they got so familiar of just going through the motions and doing it that he thought, well, we'll just put it on this new car. It'll go a little bit faster. It'll go a little bit better. But, oh, my goodness, it's about to fall and I better catch it. And he touched it and immediately he, he fell over dead. And you're like, man, he was doing God a favor. He didn't want this to fall. But let me tell you something. It ain't about what you think, and it's not about how much I think. It's about what God said. If God says you're not supposed to touch it, then you don't touch it. I know we did a, a skit up here a while back, Jess, and you, and you was a part of that skit. And, it, and, it, and the sign on the, on the chair says, don't touch it. And they would go up to that chair and they would touch it and then they couldn't get off. Sign said, don't touch it. And then, of course, just like we do, we try to touch it and then he's like, well, maybe I can get, use my other hand to get it off and I try to get it off. Now I got two hands stuck. And then he went to the next point. He's like, well, maybe I can pry it off with my legs. And then he sat down on it and now, it, now his legs and butt stuck on it. Now he's stuck all the way around, but God said, don't touch it. That's what's happening here is they was doing the right, they was thought they was doing God's will, but when you don't completely focus on what God says to do, you're going to mess up. And that's what happened here. They was trying to move it. They was trying to get it to the rightful owners. They was, David wanted it back. But what happened? And you say, well, man, that's a good... He was not doing anything, and that can go even back to the, the, the teaching that Scotty had the other night about why do uh, bad things happen to good people. Well, sometimes it could be from our own era of the lack of understanding and knowing what God really said. Did God say not touch it? Yes, he told him not to touch it. And what did he do? He touched it. Verse 7, it says, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzziah. And God smote him there for his error, his mistake. God struck him down. God is an almighty, merciful God, but when he says don't do that, you're not supposed to do that. If God says to do that, then you're supposed to do that. I'm going to be honest with you guys, and, and it's been since November the 6th since I smoked a cigarette. I am, I, I can tell you right now, I, I told April we was laying in the bed last night, I am afraid to smoke one. I'm just telling you. Because what God said to me that day on my drive home from work, he says, do you love me or do you love yourself more than you love me? I, I don't think as long as I live, I will never forget that. It made that ever, I'm just telling you, it touched me like, like, and I'm afraid. I have fear enough of God to know that I believe if I went back and smoked a cigarette right now, I, I could fall over dead, Butch. 
because I feel like in my heart that it's what God said. He was saying, you ain't doing what you're supposed to be doing. And so you think about that. And, I, and that's just the example that I have in my life. And it says, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzziah, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased. It upset David. Because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzziah, and he called, and he called the name of the place Perez-Uzziah uh, to this day. But verse 9 says here, And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark, how shall, and he's basically asking God, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? Unless we understand and go by what Caleb opened up on and Butch has been preaching, is the understanding and fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and understanding and knowing that God is an almighty God. And he is true, he is right, he's everlasting to everlasting, but you've got to understand, he has mercy is great unto them that what? What did Caleb say? Them that fear the Lord. And David, look, if nothing else, God got David's attention that day, did he not? He's like, look, I said not touch this thing. And you've gotten to the point in your life now that you like you want to get it back. But you got to do it the way I told you to do it. Not how you want to do it. I mean, too many times we think about it, like I said, we want to move, do things easier, work smarter, not harder. But if God says this is how you're supposed to do it, you better do it God's way. That, that, you're right. Amen. You got to do it God's way. <coughs> and David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David, listen. It scared him so bad, he was like, this thing ain't going nowhere. I gotta, I've got to think about this. I can't just do this at the splitting of, of, of just because I want it right now. So he, he's like, look, this thing ain't going nowhere right now. I need to figure this out. I need to think about this. I need to get it right. I need to understand what I'm doing. And so, Dave, so David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David, but David carried it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, and the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household because he had the ark there. I mean, let's just, before I even go any further, I want to get this point. When they constructed the tabernacle and, the, and, 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 and God told Moses all these different and, and it goes back to even your teaching a couple maybe a year or so ago when you was teaching about the tabernacle and the temple and, and how it was constructed and all that was in it and in the Old Testament 
The ark was where the Holy of Holies was at. Okay? And the priest that went in there had to be prepared. They tied a rope around them before they went in there because if they wasn't right in their life, if there was any sin there, anything that shouldn't be in their life or their heart, they would fall over dead. And they would have to pull them out with the rope. That's why they tied a rope. And so there's a lot of things that you say, well, man, God's pretty hardcore. He is hardcore. But if you do it like God wants, He's merciful. And He loves you. And He'll take care of you. But you've got to do it way. And so He blessed Obab Edom's house because God was there. That's where God, God was. God went before them and everywhere that, 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 that the, the Ark of the Covenant and the temple and they was going through all the wilderness and everywhere they moved, that thing went before them and it's everything. And you say, well, God was taking care of everything in their life. He'd give them food. They didn't have food. He'd give them water when they didn't have water. He blessed them more and more and more as long as they just stayed in constant fellowship with that temple where the presence of God was at. And any time you got the presence of God in your life, you've got blessings. going to die. And we think, we, we think about that. Well, God ain't going to do that. He will. That's what we've got. We've got so familiar that we won't even come in. I mean, when, when what did God tell Moses to do when he's at the burning bush there? He said, you better take off your shoes because this is what? Holy ground. Well, I'm going to tell you something. This church is holy ground because this is where God dwells. But where else does he dwell? You can even go into the New Testament and now where does God dwell at? Right here. Now this is holy ground. Don't touch my anointing. Ain't that what he said? God's people. So you got to understand that we are God's and it don't matter what we think. It don't matter how we look at it. We're supposed to take care of God's things, including this temple that we live in. It wasn't even going to that part today, but it come out. I want to look at this because this just shows an example of being the fear of God. It says in verse 12, And it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom, and all that pertaineth unto him, every bit of his life, every bit of his house, his family, everything that was about his family and his house, was blessed because of God here. And they even got to David and, and he says, So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. Why did he want to do that? Because he wanted God to be a part of Israel. He wanted God to be a part of his family. He wanted God to be a part of his name, David, and King David. And he wanted all the blessings, right? Same way we, I, I, I couldn't, can't blame the man, do y'all? I want the blessings. I mean, let's just, let's just put it this way. You want blessings or you want a curse? That's a pretty easy decision. You want to go to heaven or do you want to go to hell? That's a pretty easy decision. I think. 
But too many people are like, well, I want to go to heaven, but I want to do it my way. Ain't that what we think nowadays? That's what the world thinks. They're like, yeah, but, you know, we, we can do it just like, just like they did. They got the ark and they wanted to do it their way. And that ain't what God said. You've got to do it my way. And my way is through Jesus. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they, listen to this. Listen to what he, he at first they put it on a new cart, right? And they had oxes pulling it because they was wanting to do it fast, quick, and easy, right? Because it was better. You're right. Hey, look, if we would have picked up that organ yesterday, we would have probably bought it here, put it down, and brought it here, put it down, and brought it here, put it down, and brought it here, put it down, before we got our way to the truck. But we done it the easy way. We put it on rollers and just, man, and I think me and Randall was, was, was behind and, and Caleb was pulling, and man, me and Randall looked at each other. We was like, man, we ain't doing no work. This is easy, and Caleb was doing all the work. It was easy, wasn't it? It wasn't bad. Well... Look what happened in here. And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed an oxen and fatland, and David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with the linen ephod, and David and all the house of Israel brought the, uh, the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. So they would go... Six steps with this thing and stop and make a sacrifice and praise the Lord. And then they would go six steps and they would stop and they would make sacrifices and praise the Lord. So instead of doing it the fast and easy way, God says you're going to do it this way. And David was so scared and afraid of God, he was like, we're not going to go far at all. We're just going to go six steps. This is as far as we're going to go and I ain't going no further. And we're going to put this thing down and we're going to worship God that we made it six steps. I'm telling you. So that's what, ain't that what he's trying to show us here? Amen. Hey, you got to do it God's way. It ain't about your way, and it don't matter if it's fast and easy as long as you do exactly what, God, how you want to do it. And, and David was, he was like, man, boys, we ain't going far. Can you imagine how long it was going to take him now? He didn't care. He was scared, wasn't he, not Randall? I'm just saying, he's like, we ain't going far, boys. We're just going to go this far, and that's as far as we're going to go. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with the linen ephod, and David and all his house and, and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, and Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. But the thing is, is he got it there. Okay? And he wanted to do it his way, but it wasn't his way. This is a, a great example of disobedience and what can happen with disobedience. Okay? And we think about our life and we say, Lord, it would be so much easier if I did it this way, God. 
and I can do it, and I just want to do everything in my way, and it wants to be fast and easy, and I get, God, I could get more things done, and, and but it, it ain't what God said for me to do it. How to do it? When you built this church, every obstacle that could come up, and, and those that wasn't here don't remember, but every obstacle that could fight against us was fighting against us to get this place built. And we've got this place built, and we've seen people get saved. And then now, we've got so familiar with it, and we've got so complacent with God's house that we don't understand, and we just go through the motions. And that's what God don't want us to do. Okay? And so if God says, hey, I want you to do it this way, I don't care how long, you're going to do it my way. And God's way is right, and you'll make it to the end. Okay? That's what we've got to understand. Next week, I'm going to show you another example of where disobedience caused major issues in, in somebody's life. And it's easy if we just say, okay, Lord, your way's better, and your way's right. And if I ran off, I just do it God's way, I'm going to be under the blessings. And it's going to be done right. Anybody got anything? Somebody help me out. How much did it weigh? That's right. Well, I know that it said it had to be within the ages of 30 and 50. So it couldn't be a, a, a too young of a person, but it couldn't be too old of a person. So that, that they was toting that, and they was basically what he's just trying to say is he's got to be somebody in good shape. The tablets? So that's really not that heavy. For four. <laughs> You're right. We, we, we take six people to tote somebody out, don't we? Yeah. It wasn't me. Go ahead, Josh.
You're right. Amen. Amen. That's the, basically we've got a lack of fear, right? The lack of fear. To understanding that God is almighty. That's exactly right. Anybody else? Absolutely. They... No doubt. Amen. Anybody else? Okay. Jess, you close us in prayer. Oh, what time is it? Oh, I, I did pretty good.